Hi, my name is Ethan. I haven't talked to Jack since he cut off my arm and legs Darth Vader style right before quarantine. I think it's time we talked. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to It's Time We Talked for episode five of the podcast. Thank you for being here. I can't thank you enough for being here. Well, I can. This is probably an appropriate amount. But thank you for tuning in. Um, once again, like to thank everybody for the support the podcast has been getting. Keep telling people about it if there are people in your lives that that need a podcast in these dark, uncertain times we find ourselves living in. Maybe my admittedly very sexy voice is just exactly what they need to get them through this difficult time. Or maybe it's the engaging interviews we have. I don't know. I mean, there's so many options. So... We're here, episode five. We've got a great, excellent interview um, with Ethan Sampson coming up. Ethan Sampson, a graduate student at McMaster. There aren't many of those. Well, there are, but it's probably the only one I know. But we got a great interview coming up, coming up with Ethan. We talked about improv. We talked about life. We talked about the pandemic. We talked about, I can't even remember. There were so many excellent things we talked about. So look forward to that as soon as I'm done irritating you with this opening segment. You're going to love it. Um, but just to continue with this opening segment, I uh, hope everyone is doing well. Halloween is on the way. We are. It is October 26th, the morning of October 26th, when you'll be hearing this. We are five days away from the strangest Halloween, surely, in recent memory. Except maybe that year with the clowns. Does everyone remember that year with the clowns? When everyone thought we were all going to be murdered? I think that was around Halloween that year. Um, different times, man, different times, but we are here October 26th, five days out from Halloween. I hope everyone has exciting, racially appropriate, uh, costumes planned. I look forward to seeing them all on social media. I hope people have good ideas for this year. Uh, I'm sure there will be no shortage of overused jokes, uh, and costumes in light of the pandemic. Um, but yeah, keep keep an eye out for interesting ones. I'll be looking out. Um, yeah, check 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 out. Uh, maybe maybe you'll get a glimpse of uh, what I've come up with this year. I've got a I've got quite an idea. Um, it's not pandemic related, but it's it's you should look out for uh, old Jack's costume this year. It's it's gonna be a funny one. Um, yeah. So to open up the podcast today. Um, I wanted to do something that I now have the opportunity to do thanks to some listener engagement. Um, and please continue this listener engagement. The listener engagement I'm, of course, talking about is voice messages. As you all know from my sultry outro message, you, the listeners, have the opportunity to send in voice messages to the show at anchor.fm slash M-I-T-I-T-W-T. There is an option to leave a voice message. It's much like if you were to call in and leave a voicemail, but it's through the internet, so it's even easier. You don't have to pick up a phone, which nobody wants to do. So, I've received two voice messages so far for the show, which is more than I could have dreamt of in my wildest listener engagement dreams. So I thought I would play them for you all, because, well, I've had the opportunity to listen to them beforehand, but you should really listen. We've got 
two voice messages from the same person. Um, and I'm gonna play these, and I'm gonna I'm gonna just commentate. Uh, I'm gonna respond um, to the these excellent voice messages. So this first one, and again, they are from the same person. This first one is from a listener called Dirk. Hello, Jack. It's me, your listener from Ohio. I just wanted to let you know that I really liked your podcast. Made me laugh so much, and I wish I had a relationship as successful as yours. <laughs> so cute, so fun, so spunky. <laughs> Can't wait for next steppy. Cheers from Ohio. So yeah, that's our first message in from listener in Ohio, self-described Ohioite, if that's what you call yourselves, jerk. Thank you so much for calling in, if that is your real name. No, of course that's your real name. Um, thank you for the admiration of my relationship. That is uh, good to know that uh, this super public celebrity relationship that uh, I and the co-president are in has uh, captured the captured the imaginations of the public at large. Uh, never in my wildest dreams did I think that would happen. At least not at this age. I do plan on being famous, of course, like everybody does. Because in this age, we will all be famous eventually. Keep it up, kids. Um, but it's great to know that I've already captured, um, already captured the imagination of the romantic um, public. So that's that's great. I'm thrilled with that. Let's move on to the second voice message. Uh, hello, it's uh, well, it's me from Iowa again, and I just wanted to let you know that. Well, I dug into a hole in the earth, and guess who I found staring back at me with a big, bright, bushy-eyed smile? It was Adam Savage himself. He held a potato in each hand, and he said, Would you like one? And I says, Yes. So we put them in my potato gun, and we shot them to the moon. Yes, thank you. Well, I uh, I had no idea that the offensively French population of Iowa, uh, this is presumably from the same listener, Dirk, I guess you've moved from Ohio to Iowa since your first voice message. Uh, I hope that wasn't too strenuous. It must be hard to move residences in the time we're all living, and I'm sure that wasn't easy. So uh, thank you for finding the time in your surely busy life to, to send in that voice message. I appreciate it. Um, and that is so strange that you found Adam Savage, noted Mythbuster and TV personality Adam Savage, buried in your backyard. Um, I had no idea that he was into subterranean hide and seekism. Um, that's really interesting. As for the potato gun, I concur, Dirk. Um, who wouldn't want to stick Adam Savage's potatoes in one's own potato gun? I uh I can see where you're coming from the from that. So coming from with that. So that's great. I'm I'm happy for you, Dirk. Um good luck with your life. Uh the move from Ohio to Iowa, that couldn't have been easy. But uh good luck. Uh, good luck being a blatantly French man in the rural state of Iowa. Um and don't forget to get out there and vote, Dirk. Um uh, that goes to all my United States listeners, the Ohioites, the Iowanians, the Nebraskoots, um, everyone out there.
please go and vote. I'm not going to tell you who to vote for, but uh, it's important to exercise your democratic right. Go out and vote, Iowa. Anyway, that uh, that concludes the opening of the podcast. Uh, I think we uh, it's time to move on to our interview. So sit back, relax your ears, body, whole body experience for this excellent interview with noted improviser and McMaster Masters in Science student Ethan Sampson. All right, Ethan, how are you? How are you doing today? How? What's up with you? Hey, Jack. Uh, I'm doing pretty well. I'm, you know, honored to be on this uh, prestigious podcast. You know. <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's big. Um, people are people are saying it's huge. Um, I don't know what people, but some people are saying it's huge. I'm sure out there, the critics. I love the Donald um, Trump approach. People are saying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's worked for it's worked for him, so it must work for everybody. So everyone should expi- aspire <laughs> to uh, do everything in life the same way. Absolutely. But no, um, how have you been? Um, you we haven't seen each other in a while. I haven't seen anybody in a while except yeah. like Emily and my family. But no, I think it was um, the the Phoenix. That was the last time I saw you, right? Yeah, probably yeah. something like that. So how how have you? How have these last? Are we going on seven months pandemic? Seven or eight months? Yeah, I think. Seven, seven and a bit. I came home on the 16th of March, so. 16th of March. A little bit past. Um, so what's what's life been like for Ethan Sampson since the 16th of March? I mean, interesting, you know. Uh, I think I've, I've found a good rhythm now, but, like, I remember at the beginning, especially, like, nobody knew mm-hmm. what was going on, and. No, not at so all. So moving home was, was a, a bit of an adjustment, and seeing how, like, class would continue to go, and. and yeah. I mean, I'm very lucky that I'm I'm staying at my parents' house, and it's it's pretty isolated out here. But yeah. uh, they are sort of doctors, so they were super busy at the beginning, and so right. also our, you know, sterilization process was a lot more rigid than I think. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even still, we like every time we get groceries, we we get the the Lysol wipes, and we spend like an hour. Oh, just, really? Yeah. So. Wow, that's intense. I. Uh... I haven't done much of the Lysoling. I think I Lysol. I got a new phone recently. I nice. Lysoled down that package because it yeah. came from Vancouver, and I was like, uh, "No, I don't trust those West Coasters." Yeah. You know? Oh, they're um, they're yeah. <laughs> more Trumpy rhetoric right there. Yeah. Um, no. Um, yeah, your two parents are doctors, so that that must have been. Have they been involved like front line with a lot of stuff? I don't know what kind of doctors they are. Yeah. No. Um. They. My dad's a family doc, so he. Uh, it's it's interesting. He's he's interesting in that uh, he was pushing for like virtual visits like well before this happened, but nobody listened. Mm-hmm. So I remember he showed right. me Zoom in like January, and he like tried to oh, test it. Oh, that's wild! You're like a Zoom insider. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, this is that's stupid crazy. software. I'm never gonna use it. Yeah. <laughs> I I remember thinking exactly the, kind of the same thought at the start of quarantine. Like, oh, that's like so dumb. Why would I ever want to use this? Because I I remember when it first started when the word Zoom crept into, like, social media and stuff, and you started mm-hmm. hearing memes about Zoom. I didn't even know what it was at the very start, especially because I was using Cisco WebEx for Ooh, class. yeah, yeah, I remember so, like, that. all my classes were on Cisco. So I was like, what the fuck is Zoom? Like, some some stupid... Like, I knew Zoom as... Um, Zoom is a different company as well that makes, like, audio recorders oh, yeah? and stuff. Like, you know the thing Eric records all the improv shows? Right, with, right, right. And, yeah. like, did he use it? That's a Zoom. Like, it's, like, a portable audio recorder. So that's what I was... I was like, why... <laughs> Why is Instagram obsessed with portable audio recorders. audio recorders now? <laughs> What's going on? Um, yeah, no, I can. That's crazy though that your dad was in on the in on the in on the ground. On mm-hmm. Zoom should have invested. 
I mean, right? Like in January. <laughs> yeah. That's wild. And my sister is a nurse in Toronto too, so that was I was I was I think maybe more worried about her, but she's like right. pediatric sure. ICU, so not too bad. But right. Yeah. We've been well, joking uh, too. I think this is the yeah. longest my mom's been in the country since like her maternity leave with me. <laughs> so oh yeah. It's been nice. She's to see normally her. a traveler. Yeah, yeah, she does a lot of international work, so, like, oh, okay. we played the game, what country is mom supposed to be in this week? <laughs> right. Like, I'm supposed to be in Barcelona this week. It's like, yeah, mom, I love being here, too. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. Yeah. Well, so what kind of doctor is your mom, like, specialty-wise? Uh, she's a sports doc, so she does a lot of oh, anti-doping cool. stuff. And... Oh, really? Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Does she go to Russia a lot? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that was the whole thing. She was on the front of that. Oh, that's, yeah. that's wild. Um, very cool. Yeah. Life, life for you. Um, what's, uh, past once you, once you figured out how school was, what, uh, you said you had some, took some time to get into a rhythm. How have you found that rhythm to be like summer and into this year? Yeah, no, I've, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of a, a rhythmically oriented person in that, uh, you know, fun fact, I, I've been making the same breakfast every day for like a year <laughs> just cause really? pretty much like I, it's, I Take mean, Take us it, through that. I, what is it? <laughs> I mean, okay, it's it's going to sound crazy, but uh, I, okay. I cut a gala apple, which is the best apple, do not at me, okay. into 76 okay. pieces, and then I put granola, homemade granola, yogurt, and milk, and then it's the best thing ever. I have it with some peanut butter. Milk? Yeah. That is interesting. Milk it, it's yogurt. more bang what for your yogurt buck, because it kind of makes it soupy, you know? <laughs> okay. All right. Why not just milk then? <laughs> because it's not thick enough. Not, I don't know. It's not thick enough. Okay. <laughs> That's interesting. I've never thought to mix yogurt and milk because I, I do similar thing. I haven't been eating it much. I've been eating a lot of eggs recently. Ooh, nice. I, I used to do a lot of fruit granola. Yeah. Um, and usually yogurt. Never it's quality. You know? Extra milk. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? But yeah, no. So um, I, I I enjoy routines and stuff like that. So it's been really great. Yeah. And like I've got a, a bit of a gym set up here. So I think for oh, the okay. first like four months I worked out every day nonstop <laughs> till I had to like take a break because I got a little bit injured um yeah but that'll, uh, that'll happen and funnily enough I like I think it's a mix of I mean I, I upped the exercise but also I stopped like going out to the Phoenix maybe once or twice a week but I like immediately mm-hmm. dropped 10 pounds <laughs> at the beginning oh, of quarantine shit. yeah, yeah. So yeah you stop or- stop ordering a pitcher and fries a yeah, week, yeah yeah probably and probably health yeah <laughs> But, uh, I was, I'd, uh, no, go ahead. Reason, Sorry. no, 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 um, uh, routine wise, I'm not a person of routine. I'm very much chaos, <laughs> um, when it comes to organizing my life, but the quarantine did finally get me to exercise. Oh, good for you. It took a while. Yeah. I, cu- I couldn't do it right at the start because I don't know. I, the last, like how long of school, did we have two or three months of school left when everything happened, I guess, like two months? Yeah, it was, like it was March when it shut down. So like, right, like early March, yeah, so, like, yeah. April and then like exams, like mm-hmm. lasting until the end of it. So I guess like a month and a half. Yeah. yeah. That was like absolute chaos because all my classes <laughs> moved online and oh, became man. like a joke for the most part. <laughs> yeah, man. So, I like, can't imagine being I, an undergrad right now. That sounds Yeah, brutal. it was like so stupid, like, because none of the props knew what they were doing. <laughs> I don't think I went to... I don't think I went to, like, the last three weeks of my statistics class. Oh, jeez. I still got a 12. Solid, class. man. Yeah, yeah. Sam was there great. you go. So, like, like, that's what I mean, though. Like, they got so stupid and, like, didn't matter. Because yeah. I did well in, like, everything, even though school went to absolute shit at the end. Awesome. Because um, most of my classes became a disaster. But yeah. 
um, the hell was the point of what I was talking about? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but then after that, um, pretty much after school ended, I finally convinced myself that I should start exercising kind of regularly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, started with like Nike training center stuff, oh, like cool. calisthenics and crap. Yeah, yeah. Which were okay. But then I started running recently, which I've enjoyed quite a bit more. And that's the a good reason one, yeah. is I can listen to podcasts when I run. <laughs> and that's pretty much the only thing that makes me do it. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so that's been something kind of positive. Yeah. I know. But that's good to hear. the your, uh... most routine thing I have is I run like five times a week. Nice. Everything else. What's, your, what's your run? Do you do like 5K over it? Uh, I have no idea what the actual distance is. <laughs> I, run, I run from my house to one concession road that way, one concession road that way, concession road, like, just, like, a big, like, farmer's big loop. loop. Like, yeah, I just yeah. run around a big farmer's field, basically. That's dope, yeah. It's, like, a 30, 35-minute run. Nice. Like that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I've been thinking about trying to make it longer. It's just that I can't get, like, a loop. I can't get a loop that's, like, slightly longer. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, I either have to double the run or stay how it is. So the only way to make it slightly longer would be to, like, run my loop and then run around town for, like, 15 minutes, which I guess I could do. But then I'd have to, like, plan where I'm going to run in town or else it's just, like... Yeah, city running's different, you know. too, because you got to, like, stop at a stoplight and all that. Yeah. You know? Well, it's not too... I live in a small town of, like, 2,000 people. There's no okay. stoplights. <laughs> but there are there are intersections where there's occasionally cars. Yeah. Um, yeah. But... So you're a person of routine. That is interesting mm. so now it's time to dig into ethan samson's psyche a bit let's little, get it man yeah that little tidbit so you ethan since i've known you i'm trying to remember the first time i ever saw you at improv mm. i can't remember exactly what it was but i'm sure because in last my first year two years ago yeah you only came on tuesdays right or is it thursdays uh, it was one day of the week that you usually only came, right? Because there's that whole story about how you never crossed paths with Eric Van Noose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, um, yeah. It was Thursdays because I had you to... You only uh, came on Thursdays. I was a TA in a lab. On, or no, 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 no. I was in that lab. I'm TAing it now. Right. But, uh, yeah. So, yeah. I'm sure it was a Thursday practice mm-hmm. when I first met you. And I think... You know what I think it was? The first scene I can remember seeing you in was some kind of Star Wars-related scene where, like, the first word of the scene was lightsaber or something. Okay. And then, obviously, the viewers at home can't see this, but the first thing you decide to do is hold... Oh, I remember that. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. In front of your crotch, like this, (laughs) and everyone goes, oh, no. And then he's like, and then you're like, lightsaber, and we're like, oh, God. <laughs> I think I was uh, like, is it supposed to be this color? And they were like, what? It was yeah. the lightsaber. It's red, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a... So, <laughs> a lot of people, I think, hear the word darks, or the, the phrase dark sense of humor, and they assume that's someone that's like, you know, has like an evil, angry, horrible sense of humor. But I don't, I don't see that in you. I see your dark sense of humor is very... Like, it feels very calculated. I don't know if it is to you, but it seems very calculated to be very, like, double entendre and clever as opposed to, like, shocking, usually, and gross. Yeah, yeah. So what... Explain to me how your brain feeds these things to the world. Well, I mean, you're, you're bang on in that. I, I don't uh, I don't want to be shocking or offensive or anything like mm-hmm. that. I think, uh, I think a lot of my humor comes from uh sort of the darker places in my life uh so i've right. i've always sort of said that improv is really great at sort of finding out and dealing with your issues because when you've mm-hmm. got to come up with something on the top of your head 
whatever's there is going to come out. Yeah. So, right. I mean, I always try to be clever in, like, how I incorporate it, but, man, <laughs> I remember, were you there for the, the questions game? Did we play that ever in practice? Um, it's like, you, which, which game you mean exactly? It's like, it's like two lines and the people at the end of the line, they have to like have a conversation, but you can only ask questions. And if you don't ask a question, then. Oh, okay. I, I'm familiar with the game. Yeah. 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 I'm familiar with the game. I remember when I first noticed like the impact that improv was having on sort of just like my mental health and recovery is we were, we were playing that game mm -hmm. and it wasn't the best time in my life. I'll just, as a long story short. Um, mm -hmm. but it was sort of like we had to have this conversation and it was all about relationships or whatever and the people were mm -hmm. like did you take the dishes out to the garbage and the other person was like i don't know is <laughs> it my day and so i get up to the front mm -hmm. of the line and the person's like did you take the dishes out to the garbage and i was like when did you stop fucking loving me oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and they were just shocked so i was like okay point for me and then oh my god i should deal with some stuff <laughs> right for sure yeah. um Dealing with stuff through improv, that, um, that is, that is definitely something that is relevant, I think, yeah. with improv, when they're, when you have to, when you have to come up with stuff on the spot and not cheat, because you don't want to cheat at improv, because mm -hmm. we all know about cheating at improv when you come up with ideas beforehand, it's Absolutely. a sacrilegious sin. Some people um, keep a notebook where they write people, stuff some, in, Yeah, Jack. well, shh, quiet, please. <laughs> um, but, yeah, when you do have to dig to something quickly... Um, you kind of, I feel like you unlock this sort of sub front brain thing mm -hmm. that, and if you're really comfortable with yourself or at least comfortable around other people, maybe, which is two different things that are connected, I'm sure. Yeah. Then you do get to kind of reveal that sort of thing. Yeah, I'd is, say. Yeah. Interesting. But I mean, I also enjoy the challenge of it because, uh, mm -hmm. like back way back in the day, like I had some pretty dark humor just, like, regarding myself and, and mm. how I was feeling about my issues. Um, but then I remember Evan took me aside before we did a show at, like, the anti-bullying thing that was mm -hmm. going on. And yep. he was like, dude, you gotta you gotta calm down <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> um, this, is a, this is a slightly more sensitive audience. Yeah, yeah. But then, yeah. You, you know, you knew Maxim, right? Were you yeah, there when, like, we met Maxim? No, I think I may have heard this story before, but please go on. Yeah, so um, for the viewers at home. Yeah, <laughs> of course, everyone wants to know. Yeah, no, we were, we were playing a game called Pillars, which for those who don't mm -hmm. know, it's like two people are doing a scene, and anytime they want a word or a suggestion, they sort of tap an audience member and they give something out. And Maxim, mm -hmm. who we love and who became a really good part of the team later on, mm -hmm. he was giving me all these like really dark... Uh, dark words to say and mm -hmm. the one that like stood out the most and is i guess remembered in this famous story was he kept he said like oh i really want to and then i tapped him he said shoot my dog and i was like <laughs> i was like yeah it was very God. sick so i gave it shots of of vaccines you know yeah and so i like that sort of challenge of improv too is being mm -hmm. aware of your issues but also making sure that it's a safe environment first and foremost you mm -hmm. know yeah for sure there is that yeah there's definitely a way to I think there's a way to bring when you bring up your own stuff in things like an improv scene there's a way to bring them up where you can healthily healthily yeah, healthily, yeah. healthily address them for yourself but in 
finding the humor in them, I think you take away the burden of them mm-hmm. from other people and yourself to some extent. Yeah, yeah. Um, who knows what's going on? And like, people can't know what's happening inside you during an improv scene. But when you can add humor to something that is dark and personal and kind of scary, yeah. you can really kind of share with people without burdening them. Because if you can laugh at something, then mm-hmm. it doesn't feel to you like, oh, now I've taken on the responsibility of Ethan's mental health in, a, <laughs> in an improv system, which is obviously yeah, yeah. terrifying for anybody, especially if it's someone you don't, like, you're not super mm-hmm. close with, you're improvising. But if you can make fun of it, then all of a sudden it's like, okay, yeah. if if he's not about to, you know, collapse right now in the middle of the scene because he can find the humor, then mm-hmm. we can work together and like improvise around something real that like matters yeah yeah but it's still funny which is i totally agree just yeah. beautiful it, it invites people to laugh life. with you about uh, mm-hmm. some stuff that they might not know about and for sure it's all inclusive which i loved about improv too <laughs> that it is improv is very inclusive according to our mission statement <laughs> it's in rule one so we're inclusive yeah. that's true um yeah how would you, I mean, improv. while we're on about it, how would you describe your style of humor for improv? Cause... My style of humor? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it really depends. I know, it is tough. I know, like, you know, we sit around sometimes at, like, the Phoenix at the end of the night when there's, like, four of us left and we start doing impressions of everybody yeah, yeah. on the team and stuff, mm-hmm. which is great fun. Um, I remember the last time I can remember it circling back to me. I think Eric impersonated me, and he did my, like, um, indifferent dad character, and that was how he thought he could um, kind of distill my affective humor. You do do a Uh, good dad. (laughs) Thank you. Um, I do think there is part of that to me. I feel like I do... So I wouldn't call it a crutch, but it is something I come back to a lot in scenes like the kind of it's a common character, yeah, indifferent, yeah, kind of absorbing everything character. Mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes I use that character or that kind of affect as a. I don't want to keep saying crutch because <laughs> I'm because it sounds bad, Fair. Um, but like a a state where I feel comfortable because when you're kind of just absorbing everything from other characters, you're not as vulnerable, yeah. kind of. I would almost You're say like you you often everything. play the straight man in uh, well yeah. like the the straight person in in scenes, um, mm-hmm. even when you're being outrageous like you're you're sort of accepting the absurdity of it so it seems less crazy than the other characters are being which I, I respect mm-hmm. you know that's it's hard to yeah I think roll that's with. something important because you don't want you don't want to alienate like crazy people in yeah. a scene because they're part of the scene you don't uh-huh. want them to become like just red herrings that are, <laughs> like terrifying you want yeah, them yeah. to actually have meaning to a scene. Um, but I feel like, so yeah, I, I do like to play like pretty straight characters, I guess. And then when I play more outrageous characters, I feel like I, and it's something I work on. I want to, I try to get, um, like more into the mindset of being a character, which sometimes I struggle with. Like a lot of the times I can feel myself coming back to my normal self as a character. That's interesting you say that. Cause I remember a scene, like, I think the first scene I did with you during a show, mm-hmm. it was like. Uh, a typewriter or something and you mm. were like a prostitute because we were in vegas and you kept being like dizzy mm. for the whole time you're like oh, oh. For, like, <laughs> for, like five minutes i was like are you okay yeah. <laughs> um it was yeah, commitment so, you know? yeah um it's something so 
maybe outwardly it seems different, but I always feel like I have trouble committing mm-hmm. to character sometimes. Yeah. And a, the way I compensate for that, I think, a lot is to use something that's very ridiculous or, like, outwardly easy to replicate. Like, being a prostitute that is constantly fainting and <laughs> or, like, putting on, like, an accent. Like, you at practice when I, I did that Borat character? Yes, yes. Uh, there's it. Yeah, like, that's, like, something like that that's so, like, distinctive and obtuse of a trait. Mm-hmm. It's, like, an easier thing to keep up. Kind of, you know, like it's easy to great success, keep doing bad voice for a whole scene. Like it's yeah. it's easy to stay in that character and not lose it because it's like so. Oh, it totally binds distinct. your mind to that like way of. Yeah, thinking. it's like you're just thinking. It's like I don't even doesn't even matter what I'm thinking or saying if I say it in this accent. Yeah. Everyone knows what my character is. You know. Absolutely. Um. So there's something to that. Um. The hell was the original question? What's my style of humor? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I guess my style of humor is to either be. Currently, and I'm always trying to develop it, but of it's very much either to play, like, yeah, a very straight, like, absorbing the world character or, like, a very ridiculous one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I like those. Kind of, I like to be very silly. I think those are my, that's my favorite kind of humorous stuff. It's just very ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's what I admire most in other people's, like, work and stuff and the stuff I watch. I, I like silly things. I like silly things. Satire. Satire. Things that are just nuts. <laughs> um, yeah. The stuff I admire the most. What right about on, you? Like we've called your sense of humor dark, mm-hmm. but what do you, what do you find to be the funniest things? In the mind? Oh geez. Uh, I mean, I'd even I'd even say that dark is is a bit of an outdated. Uh, For sure. Yeah, it's, it's such an easy. Yeah, it's such a like cliche thing. Like, oh, he's a dark sense of humor. Yeah, yeah. Edgy. Yeah. There's and like yeah. I've I've tried to kind of move past that a little bit too because. I mean, at the beginning, we, I don't think, even had the four rules, so it was kind of just, like, there was also, right. like, six people at improv, so we could just kind of, you know, Wild West style it, but as we've mm-hmm. gotten bigger and, I mean, better, honestly, uh, you know, you can't really make the same jokes, which is, I think, a good thing, but also, I don't have mm-hmm. the need to be as dark anymore, so I, I always find, like, something really clever in terms of, like, wordplay or characterization Mm-hmm. really gets me that's what i'm always striving for like right like marcel's pretty good at that like he always whatever the ask for comes up he always thinks mm-hmm. of it in a very different way which is yeah turning something a little yeah it's kind of yeah turning something on its head mm-hmm. sort of yeah changing the perspective on things yeah it's being unexpected yeah. i think and mm. but also that yeah committing good... to the character you know yeah that's a good way to i think that is a better way to think of like darker edgy humor mm-hmm. is more to think of humor from like an unexpected like yeah perspective on something it doesn't necessarily like a lot of times i think if you want to take a different perspective on something people would say that that different perspective is often dark or edgy yeah yeah like shocking but you can take different perspectives on things that are silly mm-hmm. or like more playful than the original perspective and this is getting very <laughs> oh, of course yeah fine. we're getting to the theory yeah. of improv yeah pretty much but I think that is a better way to think about it mm-hmm. as, yeah. But yeah, any, anytime I see something and it's like, oh, wow, I, I, I wouldn't have thought of that. Or like, that's mm-hmm. totally different than, than my way of thinking. That's, that's what I enjoy seeing the most, especially if it's funny. Cause you know, if it's something For different, sure. but boring, who cares? You know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, well, you're just like the rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> but boring. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Um, so moving on a bit. From humor, yeah, for sure. Um, you have a life beyond humor, I'm sure. You're Somewhat. not just always like, <laughs> improvising and laughing. Um, it would be great if we all could. Oh, but absolutely. 
I mean, sometimes, and for most people, you do have to do other things in life than just make people laugh yep. to exist. Um, so you are in your second year of master's degree, right? That's correct. But tr- So you are now, what, six years into your post-secondary schooling career? Four uh, years of undergrad? Or did you take an extra year of undergrad? I, I did an uh, extra year because I did a co-op. Fifth so year? 16 right. months okay. co-op. All right. Okay. So you'd be like seven a bit. Yeah. Okay. So about seven years. Almost, yeah. Post-secondary schooling. So what... That ju- I've talked to many people on the many. I've talked to four people on the podcast. There you and go. They've all been <laughs> undergrads, and I feel like undergrads, myself included, we're all kind of on some sort of path, but most of us really have no idea what the hell we're doing, mm-hmm. right? Like, well, I guess I talked to Eric, who's not an undergrad anymore, but like Eric is just just finished being an undergrad. Um, Emily is in social work. Dominic is in integrated science, and Carter's in theater film, and I'm in like psych and neuroscience. Mm-hmm. So we all have, being the young, naive children that we are, we have some kind of vision of what we think we're doing, but like I've changed my mind like three times already oh, so as yeah. to what I'm doing. So I really have no clue. Um, Emily kind of has a past. She's going into social work, but like who knows what kind of social work? That's the whole question. Carter's in theater film. He doesn't know if he wants to be an actor, if he wants to be a drama teacher, if he wants to, who knows? I could see him being a drama teacher. <laughs> I think he'd be a great drama teacher. Yeah. But so you are someone who's a little bit ahead of us in that. So what I'm trying to do on the podcast right now is just find someone who has like a vision for life. Because I find that I think that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Like people that have a, a vision for their life, goals. Um, <laughs> and maybe you do. I'm about to ask the question. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what from finishing high school through undergrad, what what has been your journey to where you are now? And where do you see yourself going on the path that you're on? Oh geez, that's a it's a very long winded. It's a very long winded question. Start it, yeah. start it from first year. What 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 was your first? What what were you doing when you entered post secondary? Right. Uh, so I mean, I came to Mac obviously uh, to I mean partially get out of my hometown of Guelph, which lovely city, mm-hmm. but uh, make a new start, do all that yeah. stuff. Uh, I actually sure. started in life sciences because me too. Yeah, yeah, because it's, it's a pretty scattershot type of program, eh? Like, oh, yeah. It's just freaking take all your high school science courses again and decide which one you like. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Like first-year life science. And I was like, yeah. I, can, I didn't have to study in school. I'm fine. And mm-hmm. I yeah. totally thought I was going to do biology because uh, I, I found out later that I only really got good biology marks in high school because I could kind of argue with the teacher and be like, no, my answer included that. I should get an extra. <laughs> That shit, that yeah. does not fly in university. That. Biology is my best high school subject. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. Um, but then I also was like, okay, uh, you know, what can I do with this degree? And I, I couldn't find a lot of concrete answers. Uh, they were like, oh, you could, you know, work in a lab. And I was like, okay, cool. What kind of lab? What can I do? And I mean, it's, it's like a science, a lab, science yeah. lab. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the benefit and drawback of life size. Like it's very open-ended, but also very mm-hmm. nonspecific, which, yeah. um, Sucks a bit. Uh, but then I found uh, medical physics, which sounded terrifying. And I've loved telling people That's that. Like, yeah. It's like the hardest, the hardest <laughs> career path with the hardest yeah, yeah. The fuck? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, biggest lesson I've learned is that the more words are in a program, the easier it is. Because mm-hmm. like physics, mm-hmm. hard. But mm-hmm. medical Psychology, physics... neuroscience, and behavior. <laughs> and second major. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's so many it. things, you know. It's yeah. like, oh, mm-hmm. you know. 
if we were in straight physics, we'd worry about this complicated thing, but don't worry about it. Yeah, we'll but only... we can just we'll stop push it here. aside and let the real physicists figure it out. We'll <laughs> yeah, just yeah. move on and accept it. Yeah. But I mean, the great part about it was like, it was like, okay, do you want to work as a health physicist in a nuclear plant? Or do you want to be a medical physicist, which is a job? Or like, it was a lot more specific. So I really liked mm -hmm. that. They have titles as to what you can do after yeah. instead of ideas. Mm -hmm. kind of, and it had a yeah. co-op program. So it was like, yeah, you can get That's paid cool. for, you know, two eight-month intervals to mm -hmm. find out what it's like to work in these things. And, for sure. you know, I, I think I mentioned before, my parents were our doctors and my whole family is kind of in the medical field. Uh, mm -hmm. My sisters, they're both, the oldest one's a social worker and the other one I mentioned is a nurse. Right. Uh, so medical physics, I was like, sign me up, yo. And mm -hmm. Uh, so that was the first kind of switch. I, I also thought, uh, you know, going into it, I, I chose life science because I thought, you know, what what knowledge would I have to have if I wanted to be an evil genius and like take over right, the world? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, the best way to get that is going to be in first year biology. Exactly. Like cellular biology, that must have the answer. If I know how life works, yeah. I know how to make it change. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. But yeah, so, so MedPhys was awesome because it was like, let's learn about you know, radiation therapy and let's learn about, mm. you know, nuclear power and stuff like that. So I was, mm -hmm. I was pretty into that field. Um, and then I actually, I met my current uh, supervisor in my third year when I was looking for a job because, you know, you mm -hmm. got to talk to people and yeah. uh, he's a biomedical engineer and also just the nicest, coolest guy I've met. Like, you, you, you know, when you ask people like, oh, how do you like your job? And they're like, oh, it's cool, whatever, you know, mm -hmm. it's a job. Yeah. Uh, you ask him and he's like, I love my job. It's the coolest thing ever. <laughs> I have so much fun, man. Oh, we're going traveling. Yeah. I'm in a band. Um, That's cool. Yeah, and he he was doing a lot of medical imaging stuff. So uh, I was like, cool, yeah, MRI, what the hell is that? Um, and to answer that is I still don't know. But <laughs> That's good to know. I, I have a, just to interrupt you for a second. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Side tangent. I have a, um, so PNB. I, I won't discuss my double major because that's a whole different story, but <laughs> I am still in PNB. Yes. And third year PNB, you can apply to uh, have a lab supervisor and do like an independent study project. So the professor I'm working with, Dr. Nicholas Bach. Oh, I know Bach, um, yeah. Yeah, so he does a lot of MRI work too. So I'm doing a, a lab placement with him next semester. Oh, right on. going to be probably online somehow, and I have to <laughs> learn how to use Linux and shit. Which oh, is yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Linux. Um, but... So it's good to know that uh, even after seven years, MRI still doesn't make sense. Oh, man. So I'll yeah. be looking forward to that because he <laughs> promised me I'd get to look at brains on MRI scans. It's so pretty fun. That's what I'm looking though. forward to. Like, I, do, I do a lot of image analysis these days, but like, mm -hmm. I remember the first time I saw my own brain. It was like yeah. for the course I was teeing. And <laughs> funny story there, I couldn't get one of my earrings out. So I was like half worried that it was going to like start Rip burning. It out of your head. Yeah, yeah, or something. Yeah. Uh, but I was also like, oh, cool. Any tumors I should worry about, Mike? <laughs> He's like, <laughs> no, nah, you're good. Tell me if I have any or not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, yeah. So he was he was doing MRI stuff, which I, I thought was really cool. And then mm -hmm. I haven't uh, to go on a little more of a tangent about goals and stuff. I, I've never really had a cohesive plan for my life, and uh, mm -hmm. like on on a on a different scale, I, I sort of saw a bit of a blank void past the age of like twenty five or something, which is you know. Oh, okay, I thought you were gonna say like past the age of eight. All I saw was a blank void. <laughs> yeah, it was it was all over from there. That's all I planned. <laughs> no, but yeah, okay, twenty five. Yeah. Yeah, but I've but I've really been working on on that and like trying to to make plans that uh, you know, I I, I want to look forward to and things I want to achieve and mm. really that's that's a lot of what grad school 
is because you don't have that constant stress of like assignments and exams right. to study for. So you get to sort of see the different paths of what people in your lab are doing, if you're doing lab work or what right. others in the field are doing and kind of compare your life to theirs and see how you want to be. So right. yeah, I'm actually, the decision now is do I transfer into a PhD uh, next winter or do I like right. kind of finish up my master's and then start a PhD with the same supervisor? Mm -hmm. And right. I mean, I don't know, but really another four or five years of school, I think I could learn a lot about uh, who I want to be and what sort of work I want to do. And for sure. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to finding out what I want to do. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. That is, sounds so hopeful and optimistic. I mean, Just for now. <laughs> yeah. Well, of course everything is yeah. relevant for the moment, but yeah, that is, that's very nice. I think we're going to take a quick break. Um, we'll be right back after these fascinating messages. I'm right on. It's just a, it's just a plug about the team. <laughs> interesting. Um, all right. This episode of It's Time We Talked was brought to you by the McMaster Improv Team. That's right. Someone is actually producing this damn thing. The McMaster Improv Team is a drop-in club for McMaster students to practice, perform, and enjoy the delightful art of improvised comedy. We meet on Tuesdays and Thursdays to practice and hang out, and we'd love to see you there. Follow us on Instagram, at Mac Improv Team, or like us on Facebook to stay up to date with the team and register for our next Zoom meeting. We can't wait for you to join us. I like lemon. All right, we're back. Ethan, we're back. This is the second half, second half of the podcast. Halfway there, so, <laughs> Halfway there. It's a marathon, not a sprint, because there is no amount of time I will not indulge in this <laughs> very narcissistic project. Um, yeah, no. So, yeah, what, uh, there must be something to talk about. We're here in the second half. We've talked about your goals, your life goals, talked about your doctor parents, we talked about humor. We talk so much about humor. What, what do you think? What do you think this next year is going to be like? What, what is life going to be like? Oh man! By next year, that's something that's been on my mind a lot recently. Yeah, I'm I'm I wondering think. that too. You know? Yeah, there's something about because you know, beyond all of the ridiculous rhetoric that comes out of you know who south of the border and of everything. Um. The best kind of estimate of the vaccine, right? Seems to be like there might be mass inoculation of the vaccine by like sometime next summer or something like that, right? Yeah. Like yeah. That's like seems like the good estimate of like when a lot of the vaccine will have been in the population and we'll be trending towards herd immunity. Right. Yeah, optimistically I've heard like second or third quarter. Which... Right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't so, I don't know about that though, you know? I feel like there's something Here's just like a blunt question. Yeah. Do you think and and kind of why or like give your thoughts? Are you are you going to keep wearing a mask? Yeah, that was yeah. All this? That's something I've been thinking like I feel like there's such potential for and it would be a positive because there's no once it becomes like like right now wearing a mask is like so important, right? Mm -hmm. Cuz mm -hmm. like it's like life and death for a lot of people. A lot of people. But yeah. I feel like past the point of once the herd immunity kicks in after a vaccine, assuming that all goes well, shouldn't there be a potential for people to just adopt like general mask wearing in public as just a thing you do anyway? Because why not? Like it wouldn't be 
like once it goes away from being something that is life and death, right? Like mm-hmm. wearing a mask, do you think you would just keep doing it anyway? Because it's like just an extra layer of protection that why not? Like when you're in a public space, like when you go shopping and stuff, do you think it'll continue? Yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting thought. I mean, probably. I don't, I don't know. But I, I saw a thing recently on like when's airport security going to go back to normal? And that was an interesting question because I was like, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. You know, but they were talking about like pre 9-11 airport security and how you could just kind of walk on a plane, but you can't right. do that anymore. And no. people were wondering the same thing. When's airport security going to go back to normal? But there's a whole generation of people, which is like us, essentially, who think that mm-hmm. this is normal. So there were permanent changes as to right. what happened. Right. So, I, I see what you're yeah. saying. Right. Like, yeah, there was all that. After 9-11, there was the whole, like, this is what we need to do now to keep ourselves safe, and then it just changed yeah. security forever. And, yeah, I mean, it did calm down a little bit. Like, I remember going to New York, like, maybe 2003 or something. I, I don't remember. Mm. But we got searched, like, three times. We got searched on the right. plane, and, like, that doesn't happen anymore, but, like, x-ray machines are constant. And even, like, I, I heard the last pandemic, like, 1918, the Spanish mm. influenza, I'm pretty sure that's mm-hmm. when it was. Uh, yeah. That was when I think the general population started like frequent hand washing before meals and stuff. So like that is right. something we've known our whole lives. Right. But, but it, it was very much. Yeah, you forget that wasn't a thing until then. Right. Yeah. So that, that is true. And I think for me, at least, uh, I'll know the pandemic is like over when I feel the need to or when I don't feel the need to sterilize my groceries anymore. I always think that's my metric. Right. But yeah. it's really emphasized a lot of uh, just how disgusting being a person is you know yeah on the oh, the things that i've been seeing it in the most are like um okay so we were talking about borat earlier i've mm-hmm. watched both those movies recently and there's so much stuff going on in the movie where he like you know he'll be running around the streets of new york city like yeah yeah people, oh. like the cheeks and stuff i see that stuff in movies now and i'm like oh my god did they know what they're doing yeah i what, cringe so what, much at that stop now. What? Or, like, even just, like, yeah, I watch, like, clips, like, late-night shows of, like, sketches and stuff, Mm -hmm. and people are, like, hugging or whatever, and I'm like, what? Huh? I I I get, like, an itch. I'm like, oh, I I used to do that stuff. Oh, oh, oh my God. Um, Dude, that's in my dreams now. I'll I'll dream I'm in, like, a crowded space, and I'm like, where's the mask? Why is everybody so close to me? (laughs) It's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, I mean, maybe... optimistically, it would be nice if we could eventually do social gatherings again, mm-hmm. eventually, but yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> Funnily enough, a, a goal of mine this year was to kind of ease up on the germophobia, because I am a little bit of a germaphobe, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have a, my, my brother is, is very, um, he's just very, like, he's a bit obsessive about stuff, Yeah, and like pre-pandemic he was always washing his hands like crazy as just like a like a thing about him and then oh my god i remember as soon as the like school lockdown we all got sent home or i went home anyway back to my parents house which again like we both said fortunate enough to do um like as soon as i came home my dad can pick me up i just like looked at my dad when he came to get me and i was like tristan's lost it hasn't he (laughs) he must be in his element now he's been preparing for this yep yeah, so that that must have that must be interesting. Absolutely. Yeah, to, what an insane year to dial down germophobia. <laughs> yeah, I mean another interesting little component of it too is uh, another goal of mine this year was to to really be more social and like make more friends. Mm-hmm. 
because I <laughs> kind of only had like improv and kind of rock climbing a little bit. Yeah. But it was it was strangely relieving to know that like I was alone, but it sort of wasn't my fault, you know, like everybody had yeah. to be alone. So it took mm. a bit of the pressure off, to be honest. And yeah, I know. Um, just just to get a little personal, like I know, uh, I I'm not, I'm in a relationship with Emily, obviously, and this has changed the way we get to see each other and stuff mm-hmm. for so much for like again fucking seven eight months now. <laughs> but there is there is something as hard as it is, it is nice to know that like the entire world is going through the same thing. So yeah. it's not like something you can control. Absolutely. Like I feel like that's made me, that's, that's been what's been able to get me through like how like shitty it is to not be able to see like your significant other, like whenever you want to, it's just that like, you know, this is completely beyond your control. This is bigger than, this is bigger than any couple, bigger yeah, than yeah. any two friends, bigger than any friend and cousin, like pairing in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is, yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. It is comforting to know that like everyone just should just get a pass. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, <laughs> you, no happen. one is allowed to call you an antisocial prick Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in 2020, you know, it's like, yeah. it's just how, cause I, I totally agree with you. Like I, um, coming out of high school and in university, I, I have this friend group now that is again, mostly in front people I agree with mm-hmm. you. And I always have wanted to expand it more didn't happen last year because the P&B program is full of fucking narcs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, I, I share that mindset a lot. Like, I always want to try to branch out to more people. But, yeah, then this year hit, and it's just, like, pfft, I will put in – I'll put in what minimal effort I can into maintaining the friendships I have now so that I can come back to them, and then we'll think about expanding yeah, yeah. again. You know, it's, like – yeah, that's what the podcast is for, actually. So I oh, can still talk to people. Because um, what? The, how else am I going to talk to people without a heavily without a prescribed <laughs> medium? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that has been yeah the weirdest part of this year. That but that is also kind of comforting. Yeah, I mean, it's like, also kind of a positive because like I see the people that have been in my life, like Evan and Natasha, but also like my mm-hmm. sisters and grandparents. Like as soon as they mm-hmm. figured out Zoom. Like, I yeah. probably have seen them more this year than in the past, like, a bunch of years, because mm-hmm. it's like, ah, just fucking it's, sign on to Zoom, very, say hi yeah, to grandma. very normalized now, yeah. like, yeah. remote connection with people, very normalized, mm-hmm. that's true. But yeah, meeting new people is uh, really hard. <laughs> yeah, it is tough. So fuck it. Yeah, for, yeah, definitely, just uh, just a pass on this year. I think that's been relevant to, like, like I know I, I've been spending a lot more time with, like, my family and stuff, too, yeah, yeah. obviously, which is just a given. Um, and that's, that's, that's been nice. Like we, we do stuff that we never used to do before. You know what? We've, we talked about this last night, actually, while we were playing cards, the two things that we have started doing infinitely more since everything happened is we play cards together now which, nice. and we talk a lot. It's so wholesome. In, I, it is. Well, it's kind of wholesome until you actually see it. <laughs> Depends happen. on the game. Yeah. It, it, we play Euchre. I don't know if you've ever Oh, I know Euchre. Yeah. 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 Okay. So vicious game. Uh, <laughs> it, me and my sister, we're two different people because we don't play on the same team. Ever. Yeah. She's never my partner. Of course. I won't, I won't allow it. But we are just two different people when we're playing Joker together. It's absolutely vicious. Um, but yeah, so we've been playing a lot of cards and, you know, spending time together that way. We've been doing that and we've eaten so much fucking ice cream. <laughs> you would not believe. We were talking about this last night. It's yeah. insane. Pre-pandemic, like my family ate ice cream like any I'm sure lots of families eat ice cream, but like the way we consumed ice cream was like we'd buy like a tub on occasion. Usually it would be chocolate. Sometimes we'd buy like moose tracks from mm-hmm. Costco. If we were but it's just like in the freezer when week. you want it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like in the freezer and sometimes we'd have ice cream. Mm-hmm. 
But now it's like if my dad or mom comes home from getting groceries and they didn't get ice cream, everyone freaks the fuck <laughs> out. They're like, how did you not get ice cream? Do you know how little ice cream there is left in the freezer? And we, we've expanded our flavors. Like nice. nobody eats chocolate ice cream. It's a whole cream. new world. Like, yeah. Chocolate and vanilla ice cream? Get them out of here. We're eating mint chip every Ooh, other day. Bougie. Moose tracks. Fucking cherry swirl. Yeah, it's it's crazy. That's interesting. Um yeah, so that's something. I don't know why. It's very odd, but apparently it's a it's a, a my dad mentioned this last night. It's been a overall there's been a boom in like ice cream consumption since the pandemic started. There's like shortages of some flavors of stuff because people are eating more ice cream. Yeah. That's I don't know what nice. it is about maybe it's just an absolute depression thing. <laughs> <laughs> people are just yes. COVID depression, not seasonal to... depressions coming back soon. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, maybe it's going to get even worse. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot. Actually. And curses, but yeah. yeah, no, but like how yeah. this year has changed everybody because, like, you were saying, mm-hmm. like, playing cards a lot more with your family and, and the ice cream thing. Like, yeah. I often wonder who I would have be at this time this year yeah. if, without all of it. And, like, mm-hmm. I, I don't even know, you know, it's it's so yeah, unfathomable. Of, yeah, the sense of like who you would have been. I, I think about that a lot. And tell me if you share this. I think the way I come back to it a lot is I feel like my life has kind of been on pause. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm sure that doesn't sound that, so I'm sure <laughs> thousands of people have said that. Yeah. But, like, you don't, like, that's kind of the feeling you get, but you still want to grow as a person because, you know, if it's been eight months now, you don't want to just... Yeah, that's a long pause. ...not move at all. Yeah. Um, I feel like there that there's been a sense of that. There's been a sense of kind of life being put on pause and also, and this is more of a worldwide thing. I don't know how... And this could be a little unique to me, given this con- in, within this conversation. I'm intrigued. I've become a much more absorbed person, and it's because there's nothing else. I've become so absorbed in like media and stuff, like mm-hmm. like news and stuff, has become a bigger part of my life. Like it's, it's really what I'm talking about is the election. Oh yeah, like, that <laughs> no, that's is, gonna be that's gonna be wild. I'm, I'm like, intrigued. I feel like this whole like freaking you know intersection of horrors that's happened yeah yeah since the pandemic started is just like like i know i've always paid kept up with the news that's just the kind of person i am. I, I like politics mm-hmm. and i like keeping up with it but it's become like so like did did we as a, a people really care that much about all this shit before the pandemic like you know like yeah, like I know. I know. Before the pandemic, every single day was about Donald Trump. Like oh, that, totally, yeah. that. That's of course has not changed over the past four years, but like now it's so like. Well, I mean, it became life or death, as you were saying before. Like, yeah, for a true. lot of people. That, for a lot of people. And I remember. Yeah. I think twenty sixteen is when I sort of noticed that change in myself. Was, yeah. Because like it was yeah, a big election, sure. you know, and everybody was yeah. surprised. Uh, but yeah, no, there's been a lot of a lot of news coverage. I mean, A, because it's so important right now. Uh, like, the decisions yeah. that are made are going to affect it for sure is, yeah. a lot of lives. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. It's an interesting approach to really become absorbed by that. I, I, I feel I took a bit of an opposite approach in that mm-hmm. I, I realized near the beginning how stressed it was making me to, like, hear the, yeah. the case numbers. And I still pay attention to, like, what the mm. case numbers are, and by the way, they're at a record high right now. So yeah, yay. yeah. But uh, no, one one of the things I did is I I uh, became a lot more outdoorsy as a response to it. Like right, like fun mm-hmm. fun story, little story. Um, when I came home, uh, all the bathtubs were full of water, 
And I was like, what's going on? Yeah. And what had happened was my mom in a panic because we were all kind of worried had filled uh-huh. them because she thought if we lose power and lose water, we're There's... fucked. Wow. Yeah. So I, I kind of realized like, <laughs> you know, just how fucked everything was. And, and something that appealed yeah. to me was, was the, the camping and the hiking. Cause I've got like water filters now and I've got a stove right. that I can take. So it's mm-hmm. really appealing to have everything on my back as, as a little aside, but no, I see what you mean. Yeah. yeah. But really finding a nice balance, as I was saying, routine is really helpful. But the point mm-hmm. of the routine is to find that balance between being informed and not stressing mm-hmm. yourself out too much. Yeah. Because it, sure. it can go too far both ways, you know? Yeah. No, I I feel like I'm probably a little on the, the side towards being too a little too consumed. Yeah. Like, I know, like, it's it's hard to focus on things. A little bit. A little bit. Um, but hey, that's I, good you I, got the running. Like, running is yeah, a big that's, tool that's, for me too. that's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. That's, that has been something that's changed a bit for me. I've, I've gotten to the running, and that's that's a nice routine to have. Yeah, it's yeah. a very mind-clearing thing, which is good. Um, yeah. Wow. Worked ourselves into a dark spot. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's hard not to these days, you know? Everything is hell, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it is good to know that there are, excuse me, there are there are things that can be done. Yeah, um, there are there are ways to address the just Kafkaesque thing. Oh, totally. I love that. I love that Kafkaesque. Kafkaesque. I don't. It's, really it's a Scooch I've Orwellian read, too. I've never read any Kafka. <laughs> oh, what was I? Oh, oh, wow. I just I had a thought the other day about the Orwell thing. Is with the proctoring think... of the exams. I've heard that's super sketchy. Which I'm so glad mm-hmm. I don't have exams anymore. Yeah, I mean, but... yeah, I don't have any this semester either, yeah. which is nice. Um, I sat, I assume that's going to change next semester because mm-hmm. my next semester is a lot uh, more science heavy. Like I have a, a bio class and a, like life science class and like yeah. three PMB courses or something. Um, so that's going to be tough. I'm sure I'm going to start having to deal with that. Um, yeah, it is. It is disturbing. The the Proctor thing. I'm not a yeah. fan, but I. I mean, I've I've heard it's like they'll take over your screen and you can't look away from the camera and like. Yeah. I've heard people saying, like, what if I have to go to the bathroom? And, like, I've heard that, like, the official response is actually, like, take your computer with you. Take your webcam with you and go to the bathroom. That's messed up. The fuck? <laughs> yeah. And, like, and apparently it's it's also, like, the proctoring is not a, it's not your prof that's watching you. It might have to be it. TAs. I might have to freaking do that. Oh, well, I've heard, I've heard that it, in some cases it's not even that. Like, if it's gone to a third party, it's oh, yeah. not even, like, your instructors or TAs that are watching it's like a someone that works for a company oh, that's interesting. like monitoring you or something yeah. which seems just that's Orwellian <laughs> yeah that's fucked up yeah like but I've heard it just seems like the proctoring thing is such a like lame solution for it it feels like so like abdicating responsibility like I've heard like of profs that have done it way better that they just get everyone on a zoom call to mm-hmm. write the exam together. Everyone has to turn their webcams on and the TAs are there. And it's just like going to a regular exam where you're in a lecture hall and there's TAs wandering around looking at you to see if you're doing anything fishy. Yeah. Like, like I feel like the, the proctoring solution is going too far towards being perfect, you know, like catching yeah. every little single thing that could go wrong. Because when you write an actual exam in a lecture hall, there is an element of imperfection to stopping cheating. People cheat during exams. Mm-hmm, I know mm-hmm. someone that had. I, I remember, I won't reveal the person's name, but I can remember in a first-year course, I think it was after a bio exam, a bio 1MO3 exam, oh, my friend comes up to me, he's like, he's like, yeah, did you, were you on that 
we were talking about this one question. He was like, oh, yeah, uh, I fucking waited for the TA to walk by, and I pulled out my phone and Googled the answer. Oh, shit. And wrote <laughs> that's it. That's bold. And I was like, I, I know, yeah. but, like, I'm sure that's not the only time that's happened. And that's yeah. a pretty mild, like, that's a pretty extreme example, but little cheating happens all the time. I suppose. I'm sure. Yeah. In lecture hall exams. So you just kind of have to accept that a little bit. Some of it you're going to catch, and those people should be held accountable. Mm-hmm. Some of it's going to slip through. The proctoring is moving too far towards capturing everything. But I feel yeah. like if you do the get everyone on a Zoom call, you have to have your webcam on, the TAs are going to be watching people as diligently as they can, that's like probably 88% effective or something. And like that I think I'm comfortable with because that's not a ridiculous invasion of my privacy. And you're going to catch, you're going to prevent most people from cheating yeah you know you, maybe you can offer a different perspective on that as a ta i i would but. say yeah um i i am a bit against the proctoring uh i yeah my, my stance is uh just sort of make everything open book because i mean hot yeah take, that's another like, that's another way you can go to yeah because sure. like the real world is never is you can't book. look up stuff yeah. or whatever that's and true. uh even even in the course i was in last year the course i was taing it was an open book exam and I just had to like hang out on a, on a Zoom for like six hours, just in case mm-hmm. somebody wanted to come on and ask a question, and right. like that was a lot. I think easier on on me, but also easier on them because, I mean, mm-hmm. also you could tell who cheated because <laughs> some of them, funny story, included references mm-hmm. to the previous exams that they found somewhere, <laughs> like, buddy. <What? laughs> but also yeah, like that's... people would have identical answers, so it's like okay, yeah, that's fa- yeah like but, that's. That's yeah, that's a... that's across the line for me, and like you're not going to get mm-hmm. away with that no matter what happens. No, of course. Yeah, not. yeah, that's easy to catch. But it's just it's absurd that we don't let people use their notes, you know? Because mm-hmm. yeah, because I feel like, and lots of profs talk about this. Like my my stats exam this semester, it's not going to be proctored, but it's going to be it's going to be open note. Mm-hmm. and technically not open textbook, and you're not allowed to use the internet either. But the way my prof explained it, and the way you should be able to design courses this way, is that your professor and your TA teaching team should be able to come together and write an exam or a test that if you have to look it up in the textbook or you have to be searching it on the internet, you haven't prepared enough, and you're not yeah, going to yeah, have yeah. time to do that. You know, like like you can design a test in a way with a time limit that, if you try to cheat by like trying to find answers to stuff, you're just not gonna have time, mm-hmm. and you're go- you're either gonna not have time to finish, or you're gonna end up copy pasting things exactly from the internet, and then you obviously cheated and you're fucking getting reported. Yeah, yeah. So like, that was yeah, that was the thing in, in the course I was TAing. Uh, the prof, who's my supervisor, he used mm-hmm. to or he tried one year to let people just bring in their computers and do literally mm-hmm. whatever they wanted. But he found yeah. out that the grades dropped significantly because people were like, people oh, I'll just, just Google prepare. it. They would yeah. just be like, oh, I'll be able to Google everything. And but then you can't. Google yeah. everything. Because <laughs> they're like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think there are much smarter ways that you can just design courses. Absolutely. The proctor. I agree with you completely. Yeah. Well, but yeah, it's also was... quite Kafka-esque too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, that was an interesting sidebar. We just, yeah. got, we just got deep into the weeds on academic philosophy <laughs> we're good at this whole podcast thing <laughs> great at this podcast thing. um yeah uh, oh god i just bumped the mic that's gonna sound terrible in post um ethan i think we have uh come to the end of our our time here right on um this is this is not dragged on this is sailed along for long enough oh, dude um, i've had a wonderful is, time 
this has been lots of fun. Yeah. Um, thank you for coming on. Um, yeah, I can't thank you enough for your, for your insight and whatnot. And you are a very funny man. <laughs> um, you're a very witty, quick man. Uh, quick with a double entendre. Quick with a hair flip. <laughs> um, yeah, you're a hilarious man. And thank you for being on. Thank you, Jack, for having me. And again, all the same to you. You're an amazing, hilarious person, and I was so happy to be on. And hey, if you want me on again, I would love to. So, Mwah. fantastic. <laughs> I will. You're on. You will continue to be on the list. Cool, um, cool. Fantastic. All right. Thank you. It's time we talked. Is a McMaster Improv Team production hosted by me, Jack Hallman. This podcast is also edited by me, and honestly, there aren't a lot of other technical jobs to give credit for. I don't have a sound engineer or executive producers or really anything like that. Oh well. Thanks to our guests for their engaging interviews, and thank you to Emily Bloom, Sebastian Roca, Elizabeth McIver, Dominic Wood, and Dabir Abdulaziz for their support of this project. Credit to Doug Maxwell and Meteorite Productions for the theme song. Thanks for listening to It's Time We Talked. And please subscribe to stay up to date on future episodes. Really like the show? Head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Got something you want to say to me directly? Head over to anchor.fm slash M-I-T-I-T-W-T and leave a voice message. It's Time We Talked is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and pretty much anywhere else you might find your podcasts. Okay, I'll stop talking. Please subscribe.